It's it's those good old fashioned values. Um, we're talking about the Cleveland show. It's um, look, we knew we'd have to do this. We, we knew like in the back of our minds that when we started this podcast, we were going to have to cross this bridge or rather climb this mountain. Um, but I was not prepared. I was really not prepared. And None of us were. It's less that, that it's... better than I expected. Okay, it's less that it's that bad. I mean, it's bad, but it, it's... I think it's that bad. It's less that it's, like, that bad, and more that it's just the single most baffling thing I have ever seen. Like, basically, when I started watching Family Guy recently, I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Now that I've, like, you know, inoculated myself... Family Guy has very little capacity to, like, really just fuck with my mind anymore. But this, from the get-go, just destroyed my brain in a way that I was not prepared for. So before we get into this cavalcade of negativity, I think I should drop off some news. I have a new mic now. Yes. A good one. And he doesn't sound like he's recording from hell. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have to I, edit not... out his literally mic from breaking as we record. All right, so we're going to have to talk about the Cleveland show. Um, yeah, I, I, I broke. I decided to break this first season into two parts because, you know, normally when we're talking about, like when we talked about American Dad, uh, we kind of dug into the characters. But I think that's going to have to wait a bit until next week because there is something that will take up the first half of this episode. The question is, why? Like, why? I, I tried to, like, look up, like, what was the inspiration for the Cleveland show? And I got nothing. Like, it was like, they just kind of had the idea to do a spinoff for Cleveland. And yeah, uh, they, like, you know, King of the Hill went off the air, which, what a, what a fucking replacement. What a King of the yeah. Hill goes off the air and you get fucking the Cleveland show. But, yeah, that's a fucking awful trade. I, ca I cannot think of a worse trade than that. Yeah. Sophie's choice. Probably. So, yeah, uh, you got the the Cleveland show. And yeah, they just did this and for these 10 episodes, my the thing that was on my mind is just like why did they do this? Like cuz Mike Henry wanted a show, I don't know. Um I, it's it's they just wanted to expand the brand and this was the best way they could think to do it maybe. Okay. L okay, well, I think before we go over the why, I think we should ask a, a, another different question, which is, and we've asked this before, but I think it's worth reiterating. Do you think anyone else on Family Guy could have held their own show? Maybe Joe? We, we've talked about this a bit. You, you yeah. guys have been on Joe. Um, I really doubt it. I, I don't think anyone really could. Maybe Brian, but that would be probably more like a, the critic. That would kill show. Family Guy. It would you, suck, you and Brian. it would suck, and it would destroy the show. But like, he could maybe do like the critic, but a dog, you know? Yeah, I, I think Brian and yeah. Stewie could do like a spinoff together. I think that's yeah. that's that's like should. But be that fun. would kill Family Guy. That would kill Family Guy. But um, yeah, I, I don't think that there's any Family Guy side character that's strong enough to make this work because Family Guy at its best and like you know on the show we are more than willing to admit when family guy is good but at its best the humor is usually very conversational and it's dependent on not one character but two interacting like yeah. think of your favorite family guy bit just off the top of your head um it okay. always involves two people talking it does like, at least yeah sometimes more like minus three the, everyone's favorite yeah. is it insists upon itself. That's and, not everyone's favorite. Well, not everyone's, but that's one of the favorites. And that is like five people talking. Or how about, you know, Koo Whip? That's two people talking. Or fucking, I don't know, uh, 
any of them like Lois mom mom that's two characters you you don't that's because you know all the stuff that Seth MacFarlane loves like all the old Hollywood movies are also very conversational like bringing up baby and his girl Friday the comedy there is that the characters just have these rat-a-tat dialogue rhythms and are just firing off lines at each other one after another this show does not provide a solution to that problem well, this is the worst cast of the three shows. Easily. Uh, see, I, I think that I think that they lean... It's, and the season, they do lean a bit on cutaways, but I think that the majority of the season, I think they do lean on that conversational dialogue. And I don't know about you guys. For me, I think it works more often than it doesn't. I, I mm, thoroughly... I, mm, I did not enjoy the no. show, but I thought it was better than I was expecting it would be going in. I think this is significantly worse than season eight of Family Guy. Okay, so I want to say that, uh, I want to say that I didn't hate this as much as Andy did, because I did laugh a couple times. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna say this was the worst show ever. Yeah. Um, but it is bad. I think this might be the worst season of television we've done. Yeah. But it did, like, I'm gonna say this, and this is gonna hurt Andy's feelings, but this didn't make me want to claw my eyes out like parts of Aqua Team did. Um... (laughs) his ass but well no i i I get the joy in knowing that you're going to come back to that someday so that's great Um, but tell that to the patrons uh it's like it's just like upsetting for some reason like there's just something very wrong about this show and like even when it's funny there's just something so fundamentally disordered about it all that you're just like why why I, I also want to say something that just popped into my head because as a possibility and someone might mention in like, I don't know, the comments somewhere or somewhere on Twitter. Uh, no, I also think it's worth reiterating that I don't think an American, any of the American dad characters could, side characters could hold their own show either. Um, no. Yeah. M- maybe Roger could be like a middle brow, like C plus show, but yeah. Yeah, maybe, probably not. So in, in my quest to determine what the point of the show is, ignoring like really cynical reasons like brand building or Mike Henry wants a show, the closest I could come up with is that it sort of provides like a hard reset for Family Guy. Like Family Guy like kind of unburdened from like 10 years of just casually escalating insanity and characters just getting more hateful and awful. And like they kind of like... You know, the Brown family, they, like, have a, like, very Simpsons-esque family dynamic where they, like, care about each other. And I guess that might be what's so upsetting, but I think what's more frustrating, uh, Andy, I'll let you go after I finish talking, is that this show is still, like, fucking insane at points, but I'll get more into that later. I have two things I want to say. One is, I think it's, I, I felt like a lot of the emotional stuff just fell flat. I think, like, a lot of, like, every single time, the every single third act emotional, res- well, not every single one, but, like, the most of them just felt like, yeah, I guess that just happened. It's just, the, we're just ending the episode now, I guess. Uh, like, it didn't have any, like, weight with me, good or bad. Um, the other thing I want to say is, I, I, I guess, like, part of the reason why I feel so negative about this was that, like, that, that first episode, and also uh, episode seven, which we'll talk about later, are fucking gut punches but like looking at it broadly like it's not the worst thing i, I think it it, it it like it goes down easier as you watch it much like i guess spencer family guy did i think the reason why we're so used to it is that it's like we're it's 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 2018 or 19 again spencer and we are just learning of what this is for the first time again yeah we have to learn the mcfarlane rhythm again right. yeah this show is like part of the that part of like the early Obama era, it's like that part where we're not far enough away from it, where it like it has like a retro sense to it, but it, we're not like close enough to it where like it, it makes sense. So it's like fucking Rage Comics, where it's just like it its existence doesn't click on some fundamental level. It's just still kind of lame. It feels out of date rather than like retro. Yeah. I think also part of the reason, I, there are some characters I like in here, but I think part of the reason why is that, like, 
It doesn't really justify its own premise in terms of, like, setting, structure, cast. Like, none of it feels really distinct from Family Guy. Like, I yeah. never, like American Dad feels like a different show. This right. does not. Yeah. This is very clearly a spinoff. I don't know. Like, the writing style is the same. A lot of the, the references are the same. But it, it, it wants to... I think it's because it, it thinks it has its own identity. I think it's very, like, this is different. This is different from Family Guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no I agree. It's not. Speaking of identity, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, this is a show that is a, a riff on black culture. Uh, there's a lot of references to, like, Tyler Perry movies. You know, there's a lot of AAVE and... and I don't know if ebonics is the right word, but there's a lot of, you know, very stereotypically black uh, vernacular used in the show. And it is a show primarily written by uh, three white guys, one of whom plays the main character. I, I know they have like a handful of black writers in the writer's room, uh, I think, from what I could find. But it, it I think that leads to a lot of some of the the uncomfortability that it fe- has with like yeah. its own premises that everyone it, is out yeah. of their own element it, it's yeah. it's like tyler perry made by white guys which is yeah. not really a good combination but yeah. i think when it's away from that mode it works better um but yeah. Yeah. there there are characters uh, that that's like um cleveland's boss i think is one of the better or like the bear uh, like they're really? the I like Tim. I, I, I don't like his boss. His boss is just Mr. Weed, but worse. His, I like his boss because he feels like a character Spencer would come up with on a drunken tweet. Um, <laughs> like this eccentric southerner who's like in the closet and horny for one of his like employees. That feels like a Spencer bit. But what I'm saying is that an, an eccentric person from the South or maybe with, you know, an accent related to something South of America uh, who is gay and in charge of a company is something that Family Guy tread so well that they needed to kill their character off that is yeah that's true i gotta yeah i gotta side with ty there the, the, i didn't just like the boss he just didn't leave a lasting impression on me yeah i wanted to jump in and say that uh ty i think that this show is at its absolute nadir in these moments where it calls attention to what you brought up because in the first episode they make a joke about oh i hate shows that white people make for black people and it's like, yeah. okay, you it's the same reason why I think like Deadpool pisses me off so much, because it's like you call out the fact that you suck and then you don't yeah. do anything about it, that just means you suck more. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree that I think its weakest moments are and I don't even think it really does call that part of itself out all that often. But I, I think the weakest moments are when it is clear that it's trying to avoid that implication, you know. I think part of the thing is also, especially looking back at this show now, like, 11 years after it first aired. Like, because all this stuff aired in 2009. Right. It's clear, like, this show was 100% disposable. This is a show that didn't need to exist and left almost no cultural impact or anything. It is... The theme song. It's kind of a McFarland victory lap, almost. Yeah, yeah, no, this yeah. is him getting smug and high off his own fumes, and, and he can think he can do anything, and like... Which, and let's say, to be fair, he was definitely in the room. Uh, I think this is more like Mike Henry's show than it was Seth's, even if maybe Seth was like yeah, the instinct. Yeah, that's fair. It. Yeah. So, can, can, I, can I get into some of the stuff that I enjoyed about it? Sure. Yeah. So, the... There's a, a sentimentality to it that I think it doesn't always work, and I think sometimes they undercut it in the same way that Family Guy does, but I think maybe it's just because the fact that, like, it's a little bit more grounded in its setting than Family Guy is, or, like, the fact that, you know, they have to grapple with, like, the actual um, reality that Cleveland is, you know, coming into this family and trying to figure his way out through it. I, I think there is... More more often than Family Guy, I think the sentimentality works for me, uh, especially because, like, you're seeing new relationships being forged between, you know, people who really, I mean, you go in Family Guy, these people have known each other for, you know, how much, 16, 15, however many years, you know, because they're family, they live together, and then you, you know, kind of come away with every episode needing to have, you know, them learning something about their family. It's like, you have... And it's not good at it because, like, it's it's usually just like some superficial 
uh, aspect that, like, you have to assume that they would have known about each other, you know, years and years before this particular episode happened. But I, I think that, I think that there is something about Cleveland Show that that makes sense, or or it, it by its existence kind of earns some of the that more sentimental. See, uh, I. Uh, or sentiment in itself. I disagree yeah. with that reading entirely. This feels like a more cynical, mean-spirited Sheldon family guy does. Really? In, a lot. In, in, this, in the sense of, like, a lot of these morals are either really basic or kind of dark. Like, I think the Child Protective Services episode feels like, like, what? This is this is how you're handling this issue, guys? Or the trans episode. Which, yeah. Uh, or, like, right. um, the, the episode where Cleveland talks about his daughter about not like, having sex stuff like that it's just like all of this stuff and especially like how like the action sequences a lot of the, the cutaways this feels like the most adult swimmy seth mcfarland show i've seen like easily i i don't know i mean and obviously i i just got off my thing i don't know i i don't think it works all the time but i would disagree that it is more cynical on the whole than family guys well, okay maybe not cynical but like i don't know i feel like I feel like it goes further than maybe not not in the cynicality, but at least in like the 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 sort of darkness and violence of a lot of its jokes. Uh, I feel like it goes further in that direction. Maybe than Family Guy does. Like first season Family Guy, but compared to like its contemporary Family no, Guy, no, even like no season way. season eight. No. I think it. I I don't know. No, no way. Maybe. Sorry. Um, but I mean, yeah. but and and again, I'm not saying it's a perfect show. I'm not even saying it's a show I particularly enjoyed. But I think I think that there is something. When it's not trying to be Tyler Perry, but made by, you know, a, a room full of 40-year-old white guys, I think it hits some, like, emotional highs more more effectively than Family Guy does. Uh, I think Roberta... I, I think Roberta and maybe Rollo, I think they're very good characters. Um, I, I, Roberta is fine. Rollo just, like... Yeah, I hate Rollo. <laughs> I didn't hate Rollo, but he's just like, Yeah, you're not really doing anything for me, kid. Okay. Yeah, I like I, Roberta. I think I kind of like Cleveland Jr. Um, do we want to talk about the elephant in the room in Cleveland Jr.? Do we, in the sense of he is not the original Cleveland Jr.? Yes. Basically. Like, they, they took... Remember back in season, like, one through three, there was, Cleveland Jr. Yeah, was a completely like a hyperactive, character. Yeah, just like a hyperactive kid. Um, yeah, now he's a yeah. fat kid. Um, <laughs> you don't know it's the same. He could, he could have just eaten a lot. I, yeah. I think there is a joke later in the series I remember reading. I could yeah. be completely off in this. No, there is. Reading. Where he, yeah. I, he, I remember he, seeing it when I was like 16 or whatever. He like, uh, someone tries to figure out like what's going on with him. And he like, he like, uh, is like a master, secret mastermind. Who's like, you know, did you really think, you know, I was the same kid as I was, you know, when I was the skinny, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This might be a hot take. I think Cleveland Jr. is what Chris should have been from the start. I can agree with that. I think, yeah, I think yeah. he he's a better version of early Chris. I like Chris. I yeah. like modern Chris more exactly. than him, but I think exactly. yeah. I think he is a different take on Chris, and one that I think had they had Family Guy had as solid an idea as this from the beginning for Chris. I think it would have worked significantly better than what yeah. they did. I can yeah. see that. Um, I just want to add that I searched Cleveland Jr. and one of the first things that came up on Google Images is Yowie of him and Ernie. That's no. That's, oh, that's that's another thing. His, I think his can. relation, his relationship with Ernie, I think genuinely works when when they're paired I, up I, together. I guess there's. I don't know. I think it's just because it's like Family Guy. I don't know. Nostalgia. I like these characters more. I think it's just that I just don't care. Like I just do not hmm. care about these okay. characters. So like the more McFarlane style like darkness that seeps in like is more like surprising and and I'm, I'm more cynical because I have less attachment to the characters to begin with. Okay. I think that might be it. That's fair. I again I I think like everyone in like the core Brown family is fine, but like none of them really feel particularly strong. I got a few good laughs, but none of them were like all of them were like cutaways. None of them were like character dialogue. Where it's really, like, the cutaways did nothing for me. This, this I, yeah, there were some really good cutaways. Like mm. um, the R. Kelly cutaway in the pilot got me. It got me. Uh, I didn't like that one. That felt like no. like a D tier Family Guy cutaway. There was, I, I think, one cutaway that I recorded in my notes that got me the whole season. It really, well, they, I they need to move away from cutaways like as soon as possible. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Especially because that's another thing that ties them to the Family Guy, which is one of the weaker parts of this season when, is whenever they do that. Mm. Like the, the Herbert cutaway, I'm like, why are you showing us this? You are a different show, you know? Because Mike Henry voices him. But, but even, to, you know what I mean, like... And also it's because, like, because the show can't form its own identity. Like, it can't do the American Dad of, like, this should have been an original black character. But then they wouldn't have gotten permission to make it. But, like, if they were going to... They should have committed to doing, like, American Dad. Like, no, this is completely unconnected to Family Guy. But they keep... That's, I think, the thing about this season. Is it keeps putting one foot in this is a new show basket. And this is more of the same of Family Guy basket. Like, it... Yeah. I think that that might be one of the biggest problems of the show. Is that... I mean, I haven't watched more than ten episodes. But it feels like it just doesn't carve out its own identity. It wants to, but it keeps, like, leaning on Family Guy. And American Dad, like, eventually, I mean, pretty early on, stops leaning on Mc, more McFarlaneian tropes. And what is it, you know, kind of carved out its own course pretty quickly. Um, right. And I think that's what made the show so enduring and is now probably the most well-liked product of the McFarlane-iverse. And probably. The people like the Orville, apparently, but... That, too. Yeah. Uh, I also want to ask, and this this might just be me noticing, but like stuff with like the Bonnie stuff, like Bonnie Lois thing in the pilot, and it's not like no something I noticed throughout the whole show is does anyone else feel like this show is weirdly horny like yeah, all the time? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this yeah. Is a way, weirdly way more, like more than Family Guy, I would say for sure. Yeah, like guys, what are you doing? Like, why are there so? Yeah, they like they just like every character in this show they animate with just like a gigantic ass, like it's just. <laughs> They're just, yeah. like, just chomping at the bit to do that. And it's also just, like, like Cleveland and Cleveland Jr. making sex jokes. Like, there's a lot of, like, casually horny stuff. But it's like, why is this in this episode? Like, why is this here? There, there's a lot of stuff that revolves explicitly around Cleveland and Robert, er, and Donna having sex. Um, yeah. Like, well, like that, showing that them was the in stuff the that bothered me less. I feel like it was with other characters that it was more obnoxious. But that was everywhere. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to add just before we, because it feels like we're probably going to have to go to break soon and yeah. none of our episodes are covering it. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed that this season did was let Donna have her own friends outside of the wives of Cleveland's friends, which is something that I know I've criticized uh, Family Guy and to a lesser degree American Dad for doing, but it, it is a really, I, I think a really uh, a nice change yeah. of pace to show the wife having a life outside of just the supporting cast yeah. for her husband. Because you know? Family Guy was never really better than The Simpsons about letting Marge have friends yeah. and stuff. It always followed in that kind of not great tra tragedies or trajectory, so I don't think this really... I think this is an improvement on that. Yeah. American Dad gave uh, uh, Francine, like, one or two. Uh, I know Linda uh, from the, the Homeland Security episode comes back, but they also kind of dropped the ball on it. And I, I think this is the first one that actually acknowledges, like, oh, yeah, she is, you know, a person who has lived in this town longer than Cleveland has. Like, it makes sense that she would have a social yeah, life. Yeah, she has her roots yeah. here. Um, so so one thing I'll, I, else I wanted to mention before, I know we're, we're not really like going deep dive on the characters. We're saving that for the next part, which um, I'm looking forward to. But um, so something worth mentioning is that um, so season 12, the end of season 12, uh, the Browns come back to Quahog and, and, and they move into the old house and stuff. And it's like the show never existed. What I guess I want to ask is, do you feel like this show, like, other side characters are like they should have brought them to Quahog. As oh, well. for sure. Like, do you feel like they're like there are a lot of stragglers? I I would have loved to see more of Roberta and more of Donna when they got into Quahog, and, and they do Donna a bit, but her character Donna, is like I feel she's like just like the black friend. Yeah, I feel like Donna gets good stuff at least. Like uh, not Don like not her own stuff, but I really like her dynamic with Lois. I, I like her dynamic with Lois more than I like her with Bonnie. That's fair. I I, I just I wish that they had kept some of the because I I legitimately yeah I think Roberta's interesting. Roberta I, gets I jack fucking shit to do. Yeah, she um, had, yeah, which sucks because she's like the one the only member of the family who feels like a real yeah. character, and she yeah. feels yeah. distinct from Haley and Meg. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not really what I was asking. What I was asking is, like, could, like side characters from the Cleveland oh. show who did not come to Family Guy, do you think there were anyone who should no. have? No, this is one, this is maybe Tim. This is one of the weaker supporting casts of any McFarlane project, I think. Yeah, I, I think, 
Tim Tim is funny in small doses, but maybe maybe um maybe the bear. Yeah, that's Tim. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and also uh, the other the other character I feel like they they should have um is uh what's his name Which the one? Uh, the buff southerner like Cleveland's main coworker. Oh Terry. Uh, yeah, Terry I think would have been a nice. I I could see Terry hanging out at the the drunken clam. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know how much they could have done with him, like the secondary character to a secondary character, you know. But yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Yeah, but I but I, I like his dynamic with Cleveland. Also, no, I one, agree. Yeah. One one one. This show doesn't feel like as making fun of the South as like Family Guy typically does. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to get into that a little bit more when we talk about my episode. Okay. Well, that's just what I noticed. Um, yeah. Anyway. I think it's just because Family Guy's episodes on that were very densely packed of Southerners or stupid guys. Um, so, that, so it might be more spread out. Anyway, let's just move into the, to the second part. My name is Cleveland Brown. 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 My name is, my name is, my name is Cleveland Brown. All right, we're back. Uh, we're doing episode analysis, um, and we're starting off with the pilot, as is tradition. Bad episode. Yeah, not the best episode. Um, it's really unreal. Not the worst this season either, but not good. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll be... Do we want to do a plot synopsis before yeah. we start talking about I'll do. I'll yeah. do a plot synopsis. Okay, so um, we're in Quahog. Cleveland loses his house to Loretta. Uh, God, I can barely remember this without looking at Wikipedia. It's just so nondescript. But anyways, uh, Cleveland leaves, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go to California. But on the way, he stops in his hometown of Stoolbend and meets an old flame, Donna. Uh, and Donna's like a – she's divorced, and there's some obviously some lingering tension between the two. But uh, she brings – what is it? She ends up bringing back the former father into the picture – and Cleveland, who's pissed, is just like, all right, well, um, I'm going to leave. And while he's there, he meets a couple of new people, including a bear, voiced by Seth MacFarlane, uh, a redneck, and uh, like a, just a, I don't know how short, to describe him. A, a short uh, pickup artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is it? A suburban dad, like a very aggressive suburban dad. Except uh, he's a loser who lives with his mom. A suburban mom. uncle. Yeah, so yeah, that's a better description. Yeah. Anyways, and then Cleveland, who was like sort of already started to help around the house with Donna, is like he drives away, and then he's just like, "Wait a minute, I should probably go back and be with the woman I love." And then goes back to her and uh, is like, "I love you, and I want to be with your family." And she's like, "I've been waiting for you to say that." And then she kicks out the other guy, and um, get married. They get married. Also, Cleveland Jr. is there for the for yeah. Cleveland the whole time. And he's the um, one who gets him to turn back. So, let's talk. Uh, let's start with the big thing. What the fuck is up with that Donnie, uh, with that Lois and Bonnie makeout scene in the beginning? It's really, the whole, like, first five minutes of the thing is really, I think, a bad place to it's, start it's off with. It's aggressively like, bad. Yeah, yeah but just like, like, tying their identity to Family Guy, like, literally from the first scene of their show, I think, is, is an interesting choice that really does not pay off. But it's also like they're ta- like re- forcefully reintroducing Cleveland Jr., bringing up Loretta without even showing her off. Like it feels yeah. weird. Like they're bringing in all. Like it feels like with the way they're handling it, they should have done Cleveland show in like season five because of like how like how much like these plot threads have been dropped. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I. I don't know. I mean, I, I get from, like, the perspective of, okay, well, this is a spinoff that's relying on, you know, fans of Family Guy to, you know, move over from the original series. So, like, I see why they decided to do it, but really, it just, it tanks the show from the very beginning. There is, like, not, it is, it is an awful choice. Like I'm like, not saying that. I'm just saying, like, the way it handles well doesn't appeal to the, like, tying into Family Guy either because it does it so sloppily. Like, it, it's it's not great Family Guy material either. And again... 
what the fuck right. was up with that Lois and Bonnie makeout scene. Really, yeah, that one was more than the rest of it even. Like, it didn't even feel like something Family Guy would have done. Well, gosh, Cleveland, we're gonna miss you. Is there anything you need before you go? Um, you think you and Bonnie could kiss each other just once? Wow, I, I, I don't know. I, don't I suppose. Know. <laughs> we might need some champagne. Hmm. Oh, Bonnie. <laughs> Dang! That's the first time I ever asked for anything I really wanted. Touch. Touch boobs. Did none of the writers catch the, like, how... Are you just being horny? It's like, that's just yeah. what it was. Like, they were just yeah. being horny. Yeah, this whole show is weirdly horny. Yeah. Do we really oh. have anything to talk about with this? I mean, like, it's it's a very, I don't know, very, like, just... Uh. I, I I think it's it's also, like... I feel like Robert was not handled well in this episode. Like, especially, like, I don't know. He fe Like, the way they handle... I feel like this would have been a little better if it was a two-parter. I think that's part of the big problem is this feels like a very condensed episode. Yeah, having um, them get married yeah. at the end is also weird. Like, it, I assume there was, like, a big time jump after that, but there really isn't, so... No. No, just, couple months max, yeah. Yeah, it's just very, I don't know, weird. And, like, you know, it ends with them, like, well, I guess I could used to having, like, you know, all the, like, step family members are like, I guess I can get used to this, and then, like... All the episodes after that are just, like, they actively despise each other. Like, Rollo's whole character is that he just fucking hates Cleveland, and there's, like, this weird, like, just Oedipal rivalry there, which we'll have to talk about that next episode since that's a fucking weird dynamic, but... Which, by, by the way, also, one of the reasons why I think Roberta's a good character is because she's the only one who, it makes sense for her to hate her family because she's a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I I also think Rollo is weird because he's like he's he is the most family guy out of any of the characters in the show, and that he is just Black Stewie. Yeah, like he's a. Uh... But it's also it feels like weird because Stewie, like I know they never explain Stewie, and that's fine. But it's like Stewie, it feels less weird because he's so cartoonish. Like he has the time machine and stuff, so it's like okay, he's a weird super mutant baby. That's fine. Rollo is like why is he this horny and talking at like five? Yeah. I don't know, there's something wrong about his character where he he doesn't have, like, the obvious absurdity of early Stewie, and he doesn't have, like, the, I want to say, complexity of later Stewie. He's just, like, I a don't know. A quick machine. Yeah, he's just annoying. He's like, he's, like if, All... he's like if Riley Freeman was written by a white guy. Also, talking, like, this, this goes for not just this episode, but a bunch of the earlier episodes. Like, talking about it not having its own identity from Family Guy. There's literally a scene in this episode where they go to the Not Clam and, like, he, Cleveland and the four friends hang out and talk and stuff. Yeah, and they have they have a very similar dynamic to the four from Family Guy, too. Yeah. Um, Tim, I guess, is is Joe, Lester's Joe. Peter, and Holt is Quagmire? I'm gonna be honest with you, I haven't learned the characters' names yet. Holt, Holt is the short Holt's dude, Lester's the, the redneck, bear, and Tim Lester's is the, the bear. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. There, there does feel like there's like a similar kind of dynamic there. It's I'm going to say this. Lester, I kind of like in that yeah, like he's, he's fine. I don't like Holt. I fucking like no. he's annoying. Holt, he's Holt, dumb. Holt, is, Holt and the uh, principal of their school are, are the two characters that really I just I hate the principal so much. Top five worst reoccurring characters in the McFarlane verse. No question. Yeah. Like He's bad. He's not... None of his jokes are good. He's annoying. He doesn't really add anything to any of the character dynamics. I, I also I mean, don't like He Tim's doesn't even wife. do the job of a principal. He's just like... He's not even like a principal. He's, he's just like a mean teacher. He's a, And also like a loser. And like it's... it's yeah. Mean. Like like I feel like in a different show, like, like there's a, a scene in the later episode. Sorry we're talking about character stuff, but like... Don't expect organization out of this, but like... Ugh. Um... But, like, in the later episodes, like, where it shows, like, the flashback, it's like, oh, he's, he's getting big by Cleveland. You, like, think that would be sympathetic, but he's so unlikable. It's like, no, this is the point. Like, he's just a loser who deserved to get beat up. I like Tim. Don't really like his wife. I feel like she's kind of unnecessary. 
Um, I I like her. I, I I am a fan of the character, even though I see where you're coming from. I, don't know. I, I just think she, she gets she, good lines, and I think the performance is good. Yeah, she's not bad, but she doesn't really like add anything. I feel like she's kind of unnecessary. Like they gave her. I guess it does work considering how much of like Tim's character is him trying to be like a trad human guy while being a bear. So so that works. Yep, it's just not worth dwelling on. This is for later episodes, and I might as well bring it up here because I, I don't think I'll remember it next season. Does, does anyone feel like the fight scenes feel way more weirdly structured and, like, out of place in this show than they do in Family Guy? I don't remember any of the really... fight scenes. There's the fight, there's, there's the, the gun, gun scene there's, there's and the, the old lady fight scene. Yeah, there's the, there's the, there's yeah. the mall with the, the purple lady, uh, purple, ladies who wear purple ladies, and then there's the, um... The, the shootout in the end of the Child Protective Service episode with Lester and the Rednecks versus the weird foster family. The the shootout one felt really weird yeah. because it like it's really graphic. Like there's just brains splattering everywhere. And they like do some like John Woo moves too. It's really just kind of off. And also it's like that episode I I kinda wish we could talk about just because like it's a really weak, like, Child Protective Service is a very complicated and nuanced issue to talk about, and it's, like, just a awful take on it. It just rushes past everything. It, it, it doesn't even portray them as good or bad, it's just, like, they're, they're here to move the plot forward. Yeah, I, I think we should just move on. Yeah, let's move on to, uh, episode seven. Episode seven. Uh, so, this one is, uh, normally Spencer brings the problematic episodes, uh, this is just one that I kind of got saddled with because we all wanted to talk about it, yeah. and I didn't really have anything else I wanted to talk about a lot. Episode 7, uh, A Brown Thanksgiving, uh, it's kind of their Thanksgiving special, uh. I was also just gonna say, it's also a parody of the Medea movies, um. Yeah, basically. Uh, Andy is kind of splitting it a little bit, but basically, uh, the Brown family is preparing for Thanksgiving. Uh, Cleveland's parents, uh, Cookie and Freight Train, uh, have a tenuously come together, uh, even though they're, I think, separated at this point. Cookie kind of despises Donna, and Freight Train despises Cleveland, uh, and everything basically falls apart, uh, before, while they're eating, um, before... Donna's Auntie Mama comes. Uh, Auntie Mama is uh, pretty much, if you've seen, yeah, like Andy said, the Tyler Perry Medea movies, uh, it is Medea. Uh, she farts and she says, I'm outrageous. And she is genuinely, you know, a very wise uh, uh, maternal figure for Donna. Uh, she manages to calm everything down and uh, Freight Train is immediately attracted to her and uh, starts pretty blatantly hitting on her um cleveland gets some air and while he gets some air uh he sees through the window um auntie mama going to the bathroom but she's going to the bathroom standing up which is not really something that cleveland is prepared for uh so he he basically has a moral conscious or a moral quandary over whether or not he should tell his father that he wants to sleep with uh, a woman with a penis, which is, as we know, a, a perversion um, and something that any man would kill himself before doing. Just um, the worst thing you tried... could do. Yeah, the worst thing you could do. Uh, he he tries to warn... doing that. Yeah. Literally, if I did it, I would have to kill myself. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> and I'm... Yeah, and I, and I am one. But, um, so, he... Yeah, he basically, he tries to, in more delicate terms, warn um, his father about not sleeping with that auntie mama. But his father goes to sleep with her anyway. He He's, like, waiting for the fireworks to happen, but it turns out that auntie mama is pretty good at hiding her candy, quote-unquote. Um, and they have a enjoyable sexual experience to which uh, Cleveland does a worse version of the vomit gag from Quagmire's dad. Uh, check our Patreon if you want to hear us talk about that. Um, and uh, he he confronts Auntie Mama, who basically explains that uh, he or she, I, I think we're supposed to realize that it's just a man who is wearing women's clothes and not a trans woman, although I doubt the writers And really they call, And they do call her a tranny in the episode. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, 
I mean, I, I do not think they are very clear on the concept as much as we are in, you know, the year 2020. Um, but he, uh, uh, Auntie Mama basically explains that Roberta, or Donna's parents weren't around a lot, so her Auntie Mama kind of took the role of, you know, a parental figure for her, and that uh, it is very important that she does not, you know, learn the truth. Uh, they kind of reconcile, and uh, Auntie Mama leaves, and then out on the porch, uh, Cleveland tells, pretty, in, in relishing the fact, he tells his father that uh, he actually slept with a man, um, to which his father throws up all over the porch, um, because that's what you do when you sleep with a woman with a penis. Also, uh, there's a plot with Roberta and her boyfriend. Uh, where they learn the value family, of, yeah. of family after deciding to spend their own Thanksgiving together but getting carjacked by homeless people. I actually have two things I want to say about this episode before we get any further. One, this episode was actually aired a few months, like at same general like uh, production season. Same like, bet time, same penalties. But before yeah. Quagmire's dad. The other thing is, do we owe Quagmire's dad an apology? Because this episode seems worse. This is, seems noticeably worse. Not to plug our Patreon, we took a pretty nuanced view of it, me and the guests that I brought on for it. I don't think that we really need to apologize for it. We can recognize that both of them are pretty bad. This one is substantially worse. Yeah, I, I think, like, the trans stuff is, not only is the trans stuff handled worse, the stuff with Cleveland and his father is so yeah. much worse than the stuff between Brian and Quagmire. Yeah, um, so I, I want to say that, like, my I didn't chime in on uh, Quagmire's dad because, you know, I wasn't on the episode. But I, I thought that that episode was, like, a lot of it was, like, almost there. Like Yeah, this... like, Ida herself yeah. is a fine take on a trans woman. It's just everything around her. I, I wouldn't go that far, but she isn't, like, like... She... Eh. Uh, she isn't an offensive stereotype. She's like a more uh, uh, well. Okay, she 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 is she is closer to not being a defensive stereotype than I would have expected from Family Guy in two thousand and nine. Screen presence in the sense of being like an unlikable thing. Like she's like um, she's I don't know what I'm saying. Like she's not an obnoxious character. I guess is what like she's yeah. not like. She doesn't like call attention. I don't know how. I'm I'm, I'm just thinking myself. <laughs> we can just for, but... we can just cut this part. Um, yeah, folks. Andy just uh, Andy just said that Ida is the best Andy trans character in the history of television. Yeah, uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Andy said that he wished Pose was just filled with Ida Quagmire. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that the point we're getting at is that like Ida has some aspects that like aren't as bad as we were expecting. I think yeah. is the. The broad yeah. consensus. I don't know if you'd agree, Ty, but I—I I mean, I—we were—we were pretty, I think, fair to Ida in that we recognized that she was not the worst representation of a trans woman that we've ever seen, but she's also not going to win a prize anytime soon. Yeah. Um. On a scale of things, she's like better than like Dress to Kill, but not as good as like I don't know. Um... Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yeah, she, she's like, she's on the level of, she's like a little bit worse than the crying game, I think. Okay. Yeah. But the point is, is that this care this thing is just consistently appalling. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I have, oh, for sure. I thought that I had lost the ability to like, get like, offended by like, really transphobic stuff. Like, I love Psycho. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of movies where like, the trans representation isn't right. like, ideal. You know, not everything is... Yeah, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, uh, Ace Ventura, Pet yeah. Detective um, I mean, even, like, Some Like It Hot, I fucking love, um, you know. Yeah. That movie's, like, that movie's probably on the woker end of things, all things considered. But anyways, um, th this, like, is bottom of the barrel. Like, this is... Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if this is the worst trans representation I've seen. I think it's a little bit better than Girl, which was this, like like Ooh. European movie that is like yeah genuinely one of the most loathsome things I've ever seen. Disgusting. It's yeah. not that bad, but it is I this is almost like I know it was 2009, but even by 2009 I'm kind of surprised this got to air on TV or at least network TV. I'm not. Yeah. And I especially from the angle of like it's it's uh, Medea I I, really I guess that's see. fair, yeah. yeah. Um, Cuz I, I I do think that like 
even though obviously from a retrospective perspective, like we are able to see, oh, you know, this is obviously like a trans issue. I think at the time it would have been easy to spin it as, oh, this is a man wearing a dress. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh I think this God. was in the, I, this was in the sweet spot where it's not too like raunchy. Like it's not, it's not too raunchy, but it's not too offensive. Like this comes guys, out five years later. This comes guys. Out, what? Oh, it would. I think this was supposed to be the, I think Quagmire's dad was supposed to be the apology episode for this. Oh my God. It was. I just remembered that. That's fuck. Holy shit. I just remember. <laughs> they okay. reused the same vomit joke. How do you how do you swing and mess that bag? Okay, so okay, if you are not on Patreon, um, basically, uh, Seth MacFarlane did an interview. I forget what what the website was where he said, "I get really sad when the gay community is mad with us because I want to think that if there's any group of people who knows we're on their side, it's them." And it was in response to this episode because Glad, like, fucking hated this episode because, of course, it fucking hated this episode. Yeah, obviously. It's appalling. Because it's a bad episode. Yeah. Um, so then then he said, you know, well, we've got, uh, I think, one of the most sympathetic portrayals of transsexuals ever coming to TV. And it was fucking Quagmire's dad. And they reused the same vomit joke. And then this is, like, this is the cherry on top, I think. This is what uh, McFarlane said about the episode. McFarlane expressed surprise at the negative reaction, stating, I don't meet a lot of stupid homosexuals. And he repeated that he still felt Ida was, quote... You can just call them dumb fags. <laughs> very sympathetic portrayal of a transsexual character. He also defended the vomiting, saying that Brian is heterosexual. And he said, if I found out that I slept with a transsexual, I might throw up in the same way a gay guy looks oh. at a vagina and goes, oh my god, that's <sighs> disgusting. Oh, so sad. <laughs> that's like that's like the worst sentence anyone has ever spoken. When I when I when I saw this episode, I was like, "Are we going to need to do another Trans Avengers episode on this?" It, it's like if like Seth MacFarlane became a groiper because of this episode, it would be less bad than this. Um, okay, we have dwelled upon this far too long. And it is uh, already. An oh, editing. I, I have one more thing I want to say. Uh, why is there dumb products placement in this episode, and only this episode specifically? No, the cascade thing shows up later, and I think it's a funny joke. Oh, okay, fair enough. I'm outrageous. Oh, I'm outrageous. And what did I tell you back then? You told me that I should fly like a bird because you can't keep your heart in a cage, and then you farted. And then you said you were outrageous. This freight train can't wait to hook up with that caboose. All aboard. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> I'm outrageous. <laughs> uh oh. Alright, this is killing me. What's up with you? I'm outrageous. You're a good man, Cleveland Brown. And you're a man too, Kevin. I'm outrageous. Alright, y'all. I'm out of here. In three, two, one. <laughs> Okay, I want to move on to the last episode, and this is going to be fun because the episode is, um, uh, it is Field of Streams, and it is an episode, the plot does not matter to my discussion because it's mostly just about Cleveland starting a baseball team and then forcing his son to join it because Cleveland was a star baseball player, and, um... You know, Cleveland Jr. sucks, and then Cleveland, like, comes to terms with that, and then blah, 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 you know, Cleveland Jr. becomes, lets, lets him do his thing. And anyways, um, there's this whole thing with the principal, like, being a dick to Cleveland, it's just whatever. Um, who cares? This is not important to the episode, because I wanted to talk to this episode, because we mentioned this on the American Dad episode, but I'm just gonna like kind of dox myself a little bit here and say that I went to the same school that Mike Henry did, uh, the same like K through twelve school. And the way you can tell that this is Mike Henry. Were you show, in that school when this episode aired? Um. Yes. Yes, I was. Oh, okay. Yep, I was in fifth grade, I believe. So I, I wanted to talk about this one because there is a lot of like regional specificity about Virginia in the show. Like th this is definitely a show that someone who grew up in Virginia made because 
One of the like defining features of Virginia in my mind, particularly the part I'm from, Richmond, um, is that it is like a perfect cross section of like three or four different types of the U.S. in one state because it's an East Coast state, so you get like you know like shithead suburban dads. It's a Southern state, so you get guys like the Hick character, and like those characters will live like an hour away from each other in real life. Um, right. And you have not across the street. Yeah. So, like, you know, I joked at the school that I went to, it's this very, like, prestigious and preppy high school that I only got into um, for, like, a couple of reasons. I don't want to, like, dox myself too much, but I, I kind of, like, got my way in through some advantages. They needed they needed someone who would hit on every transfer. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> you have to fucking cut that. Um, <laughs> but anyway. I'm not going to cut that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, but the point what is... What are you talking about, Spencer? Good, those good old-fashioned values podcast is the official podcast of Chasers Everywhere. <laughs> it is, but... No, um, and my joke that, like, everyone there, their last name is either, like, Rutherford's Billingsworth or Gort, because it's just, like, you get kids who just, like, show up wearing, like, fucking John Deere and, like, own 75 guns, and you get kids from, like, fucking, you know, the suburbs, like, short pump or whatever. Like, I told people that the, you know, the short dad character is, like, a short pump dad. He's, like, you know, this very in-your-face asshole, what is it, who is very insecure about his own masculinity. And that's not, like, specific to Virginia or Richmond, but having him in such close proximity to people like, I don't know the fucking hit character's name, and, um... Lester? Yeah, Lester. And having him, like, you know, just, like, standard, like, city folk. Like, having everyone, this, like, weird intersection of the Midwest, the South, and the East Coast all together in one. It feels very specific to Virginia. And I guess I want to do give some credit there because, like, I, I, like, was watching, like, you know, I went on a trip to D.C. when I was in uh, middle school or lower school, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we were a fancy school because instead of calling it elementary, we called it lower school. <laughs> And, oh, summer school. What are you fucking font <laughs> I wish I could give young Spencer a wedgie. I think that's the, the lesson. I mean, we too. should probably give Spencer today a wedgie. <laughs> but, uh, no, but, um... I'm imagining, Spen I'm imagining young Spencer having, like, the same curls as old Spencer, but, like, they're a lot tighter, and they're in, like, that little, like, oh, he's in a sandwich. I did have, also. I did have the same curls, but my hair was even lighter. Like, my wait, hair was, wait. like, white. <sighs> no, but I, I want to say that on the DC trip, we went to... The DC trip got ruined because uh, I was in like elementary school and it was the same day as the March for Life. So <laughs> you had a whole grade of fourth graders just being like asking their parents, Mommy, what's abortion? Uh, <laughs> um, okay, but here's the real kicker. And the reason why I showed Field of Streams in particular is because uh, one of the big driving factors for Cleveland to, um, you know, bring his son into the realm of baseball is his coach, and the name's Coach McFall. Um, coach McFall is an actual person, and he was a coach at really? the school I went to. Did he also have a terrible chewing tobacco addiction? I'm pretty sure. I, I think he did. Um, I, 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 I wish I had asked my parents before um, this, but I think he did. He doesn't have a hole in his jaw or like you know, a, like a Rob Zombie type like body horror shit but i'm pretty sure he did have a chewing tobacco like problem was he uh, also a homeless bum out on the streets no he he's very like well respected in the community they renamed oh, okay. uh they renamed the cafeteria to be mcfall hall oh wow did they was he also voiced by mike henry yes yes he was they also again so this is easy to look up so i'm not even gonna bother like censoring it but uh the baseball team they play against is uh the it's called like the junior collegiate baseball team and, again, the school is collegiate school. So, like, you know, there we go. I think that stuff is actually, like, really kind of interesting. And I'm curious to see how it develops because, like, this is the most represented I've ever felt as a Virginian on screen. Yeah, and it's in this show. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, is the Black, this is the Black Panther of Virginia. Yeah, I wanted to add that um, uh, Mike Henry gave some speeches, gave a speech, I believe, at, at collegiate. And he he was apparently, I wasn't there for it, but he was apparently, like, too edgy. Like, he gave the speech and it was well, but he was, like, very, very, you know, he pushed the limits. So I think they kind of had to, they started, like, vetting guest speakers more after that. 
but yeah no so that that's that's all i wanted to bring to this is uh yeah no he um that there is a lot of virginia specificity here and coach mcfall is in fact a real person so um i don't know i felt like the dynamic of having like the end of the uh, talking about the episode itself uh the the do you want to do a plot synopsis um uh oh i already did i already did like half of one doesn't matter. Oh, okay the the ending of like cleveland and wally fighting over cleveland jr and like that we're burning the shirt felt like a really forced dynamic and also i just want to reiterate i fucking hate wally i fucking despise him he sucks he's an awful character yeah, yeah. um this is kind of a bad episode, but I'm glad Spencer was able to, to give a little, like, nostalgic speech, because I feel like that's a, that's a good yeah, part no. of this episode. I, I have one little thing to add, unless Spencer has more he wants to do. Um, this this is the episode that has the uh, acapella version of We Built This City, um, oh, which yeah. is, I mean, not amazing, but I, one thing that I did respect about the show is that, even more than Family Guy, I think its music cues were always pretty on the mark. Like, it had a number of music, yeah. In the Thanksgiving episode, they got uh, Oats and Hall. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I, li- yeah. I like that. Even if the the song Oats and Hall. Shit, I can't remember the band. Oh, 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 Garfunkel and Simon. It's 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 Hall. It's, it's Daryl Hall and John Oates are Hall and Oates, but Oats and Hall yeah. is a very unsettling way of putting it. <laughs> like this is autistic excellence, folks. Yeah, <laughs> podcast of autistic excellence. No, or or like when they do the when they do the jo- drop to the journey song at the end. That of is the, the single best joke in the show is when you know yeah. they have this whole episode about you know losing your virginity and you gotta wait till it's right. And then Cleveland Jr. Yeah. like, "Say, when did you lose your virginity, Dad? When I was nine. Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Any way you want it. I remember I literally saw that and I shouted at the top of my lungs, what the fuck? And it was beautiful. Um, I also um, wanted to say, because we didn't mention it in the beginning, say what you will about this show. And we will say, and we have said a lot, theme song's pretty damn good. Yeah, the theme song slaps. No no, yeah, no it, question it about it. I think me and Ty stated in the American Dad episode why we like that's that intro a bit more, but it's, it's a very close second, which feels weird because family got... As far as the songs go, this is far. Yeah, this is the better tune. The, yeah, it it also does yeah. kind of feel weird putting Family Guy's theme in third because it's the most iconic and also isn't bad in its own right. But I think it's interesting that both of the McFarlane spinoffs got better theme songs than Family Guy did itself. Yeah. No. Uh, do we have anything else to add to this abomination? We gotta do four, <laughs> at least four more episodes on this show, folks. Uh, yeah. Stick around. Thank I'm going God to overdose it's still on, not on the air. We've done drunk episodes. I'm going to do like a, a Benadryl episode for this, where I just take too much Benadryl and just cry. Um, this is going to be the series that finally helps the opioid epidemic get Spencer. Yeah. Uh, this was the first season where I'm like, you know what? Like, especially this was the first season where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, this <laughs> is the like. like yeah. I, if this was like ten full seasons. I probably would be like, guys, please don't make me watch all of Cleveland Show, but I, I will because it's only four. That's man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, like, I don't know. Like, I knew, like, on episode three, it's like, we're going to have to make this a two-parter. I, I can't watch this much Cleveland Show Well, it's Show also, in a like, week. American Dad and Family Guy also have, like, nice, simple, like, seven-episode season, first seasons. They, they let us ease into this. Yeah. God, it's... Anyways, that's going to do it, folks. Um, thank you for uh, joining this immense pain with us. Look, Also, look forward to us going back to Family Guy Season 11 next week. I'm ready to go back after this shit. I wasn't after American Dad, but now I'm like anything else after this. Yes. It's a palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah. It, it's going to be relaxing. Like... It's gonna, it's gonna feel like returning home. I, I still, I still, like I said this after, um, off the pod, yes, but like, uh, because of how our schedule works, folks, um, we have a couple, like, episodes we have to go through before we can get back to American Dad Season 2, so that's not gonna be for a little while, and I'm just like, man, I just kinda wanna talk about that now, because that's, like, the exciting good show that we're watching, and instead yep. it's, like, a third of the episodes have to be on this shit, um, yeah. and Family Guy. <laughs> but that's gonna do it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you. Come on, it wasn't that bad. Uh, Come on. No. The show was. The, the episode was Are good. Are we done the recording? Show was, yeah.
Okay. All right. Bye. 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 It seems today that all.